0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's working on purpose. Now, here is your host elise cortez
1: welcome back to the working on purpose show thanks for tuning in again this week i'm your host elise cortez joining you from dallas texas which is home base for me before we get into today's program let me thank my media partner and sponsor jobbing.com if you don't know who they are jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation they are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and getting job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home I appreciate their partnership. We're both trying to help people connect with the work they want. For this week's conversation, I found my guest from a lovely and talented friend here in Dallas. That would be you, Miss Ashley Lindsay, in case you're listening. Knowing me as she does, she had a pretty good idea. I would really enjoy this week's story. And I certainly have, and I think you will too. With us this week, right here in my Dallas office studio, is Ken Bangs, who is the founder and president of DFW Painting right here in Dallas. I wanted to have him on the show because I think we can learn from and be inspired by how he got started in this business and how he's grown it over the last decade. Ken, great to have you here with me. Welcome to Working on Purpose.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. So
1: there's a lot that I want to talk about in the hour that we have together here. I really want to help our listeners understand a bit about your background, how you got started, all the hiccups along the way, as we know that entrepreneurship is a very hard road and you have done it extremely well. So people want to know, so how did you do it? Mm -hmm. So let's start first from the beginning. Um, I know that today you have a very successful residential repaint and commercial tenant repaint business here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But before we get into the current state, can we talk a little bit about how it all began? I know that when we met for coffee, you said that your dad hoped you'd pursue a career as a doctor or a lawyer and you had other plans for yourself. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about those early career days and how you got started as an
0: entrepreneur?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to. You know, uh, entrepreneurship is something that's always been in my blood. It seems like uh, it's always had a desire to get out there and make something happen. So, I was going to school at Stephen F. Austin in Acogdoches, getting a general business degree and a second major in Spanish, and heard that University of North Texas had an entrepreneurship degree. So, I said, ah, you know, I um, should probably get back home and get serious about school <laughs> and, uh, and get down to it. So, I made the move and uh, moved back in with, with mom and dad and started going to school full-time. Mm-hmm and working full time. We had a uh, good family friend that had a uh, painting business and I uh, called him up and told him that I wanted to work for him and he said, well, you know, it's, a, it's about time for me to hire somebody, so we worked out a deal and he brought me on and I got going. Worked for him for a couple years and then graduated from uh, University of North Texas in May of 99. And after going to school full-time and working full-time, uh, I needed a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all my buddies were uh, talking about the resumes they had going out and the companies they were going to work for. And uh, I, uh, I had saved a little bit of money and I said, you know, I'm just going to need a break. So I bought a boat and uh, loaded up my gear in my truck and said, Mom, Dad, I'm going to I'm going to go camping. (laughs) I'm going to go do some camping and some fishing. And uh, Catch you later. Yes. Yeah. Take a break. So it was uh, August 99. I was actually floating on a river and uh, got a call from a guy here in Dallas. And he said, hey, man, uh, I need to build a fence next week and I'm going to be out of town. Can you come do it for me? uh, Had you
1: built a fence before?
2: I had never built a fence before. I didn't even own a hammer. Okay. (laughs) But I was running out of money, and I needed to get to work, so I said, sure, why not? So I packed up, came back to town, uh, built a fence form, and said, you know, this isn't bad money. So uh, I informed my my parents that after all their money and effort of putting me through school and getting a degree, I was going to start knocking doors and building fences, so that's when uh, dad said son you know if you want to own your own business why don't we consider being a doctor or being a lawyer and uh, he had a lot of good insight with those statements but I was stubborn and said nah you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own way this is what I want to do and uh, I started knocking doors and just introducing myself and saying hey uh, Ken Bangs got a fence company I noticed you need a fence and can I bid it for you? And that's how it started. was just me knocking doors, doing a lot of hard work, and got a couple years into it, and uh, about $150,000 in debt, mm-hmm. and still really uh, trying to make it, but, but not making it, and uh, needed a reset. So I said, hey, why don't I uh, close shop up, and why don't I try to do something else here?
1: All right. Yeah. So, uh, those, so how long did you work at that then?
2: You know, I, that was August 13th, 99. Okay. It was a Friday. And but it
1: wait, was, Friday the 13th. It was Friday. You yes, well, it was. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I know,
2: right? And then it was, uh, it was probably 03. Okay. When I hung it up. And in that time, I had, uh, you know, I was single and I got married in 01. And uh, we were, we were, talking about having a family, starting a family. So, I need to get serious about work. And, and money and uh,
1: income and all that good stuff. Exactly.
2: Yep. And I had another uh, friend of the family uh, that I was introduced to. And uh, this gentleman was, he was something else. You know, uh, he had big stories. He had knew all the people in Dallas, took me around, introduced me to, you know, retired generals and, all these big to do people.
1: Mm -hmm. And you were
2: how old by then? Oh man, I was probably 26 at this time. You're a puppy. Yes. And, uh, and we got a contract with USAID. Uh, so it was a $15 million contract overseas. And, uh, I was ecstatic because, uh, international business was something that I was always really keen on, something I always really wanted to do. And, after just having my teeth kicked in being one hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt with the last business i thought you know this is a this is a good change (laughs) what was the business offering what were you doing we were rebuilding schools and clinics okay yes overseas
1: okay oh wow that sounds cool
2: yes yeah yeah it sounds cool right (laughs) (laughs) but it was a lot of gloss okay
1: Uh, so i'm hearing something ominous underneath yes what happened yeah
2: well he ended up uh not paying the people that he was supposed to pay. And uh, the government stepped in and, and was shutting it down. And right at that time, I was putting my letter of resignation in and stepping out. And uh, my wife and I, we just had our firstborn that March. And this was sometime around June uh, 04 at this point. And uh, June, July. And we said, hey, we need a, we need to make some money. We need to do something. So I started five companies. Five uh, companies. Yes. Over what period of time? Uh, at the same time. <laughs> forget <an> it. <laughs> I was here. just trying to get I'll <laughs> make make something stick. Right. Okay. All right. And uh, and painting is what I've been in before, and that's DFW painting was one of the companies I started at that time. And it stuck. Uh, the first job I sold was a, a couple in Garland, and. Uh, I had to fight hard for that job, uh, thinking back on it. It was an $18,000 job. Uh, there was a couple other people bidding on it that I knew, and we went back and forth. And I finally landed it, and it, uh, it really took care of some of the finances at the house, got us back on track, and uh, able to get caught up on the mortgage and put some food on the table. And that was October four. And at that point, I had called um, the competitor uh, that I had started with in, in March 97 and had some lunch with him. Just said, hey, Jason, you know, I need to provide for my family and I want to get back to this business. And uh, he's a great guy. He just said, man, anything you need, you let me know. Wow. And uh, Jason, you're awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good man. And so s- started out just a guy in a truck. That was October 04. And uh, with a paintbrush. Well, with the paintbrush. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually didn't do any of the painting. We, we had some painters. Okay. But yeah, uh, just a guy in a truck with a computer and, and a printer and knocking doors and running leads down. And uh, that was all in 05. So, 05 was crazy. And at the end of that year, my wife and I sat down and really evaluated and said, okay, where do we go from here? You know, do I stay a guy in a truck and just run another year and make some money and look for another company to get involved with, something else to do, or do we really try to do something with this? And at that point, we decided, you know, we're going to take the same national, you know, we're going to invest heavy into the company, um, we're going to eat a lot of beans and rice <laughs> <laughs> and uh, build something to really grow. So that's the stage that we've been in uh, since then is really nail it before you scale it. So we've invested heavily in, in processes and people and very excited about where we're going from here.
1: Before we get into that, and I really do want to talk about that because one of the things I want to give our listeners is some, some ideas about how did you pull this off? How did you grow the business? But before we get into that, you know I have to ask what the other four businesses were
2: okay uh well let's see we, we had a couple of them were just small little things but two of the other ones that were significant were cedar paws dog furniture okay wow <laughs> so i love building things and uh and i had access to a bunch of tools from being in the fence business and uh, i got a good buddy yens that has a cabinet shop so he let me come in and uh, i built raised dog feeders and dog pools and dog houses and all kinds of things like that and then got a uh, got a space at the planer Bloom festival and started selling products started selling products there so that was one uh the other one was north dallas concrete which is still around today Uh, it's actually run by Yence and uh it's a successful concrete company and i got that started, uh, Jens has definitely done a lot more with it than, than what I did, but got that up and going and sold some concrete jobs.
1: And then you sold the business to him or?
2: No, so- no, there, there really wasn't anything to sell. It was okay. just a name. And okay. Yeah. You know, at that time, uh, GMAC had showed up uh, knocking on my door saying, uh, Mr. Bangs? Yes, sir. Uh, you, you still live here? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, when are you going to pay your bill? I I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I just I can. I don't I don't have the money. So at that point it really wasn't a it, it was just do anything you can do to make some money. Wow. And the the painting contract came through strong and I had some experience and I knew I'd have support with Jason and I said, "You know what? Let me let me do this. Let me just go all in on one thing, cut everything else aside. And uh, see what we can make happen here.
1: I, I so want to acknowledge that. Oh my gosh, Ken! I mean, we're all of us have been in that place where, right? We just we have to make a dollar today so yes. that we can feed our children tonight. Yeah. Um, or most of us have. But maybe not everybody that who's listening to this or out there in, in, the, in, the, in the big wild yonder, but to be able to be that level of uh, desperacy is yeah. is incredible, and to see how you spent your time just going out there, I can just see you in the backyard just coming up with all the stuff. Here's what I'm going to do, and yes. the flurry of activity, yeah. just hoping something would, would make it. I really respect that, Ken. That is so yeah. cool.
2: Yeah, I like to say that uh, DFW painting came out of desperation, not inspiration.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what so, were the other businesses that you that you started?
2: Just just small little things, you know, trying to. We we did some Christmas lights, uh, nothing of significance
1: okay yeah well you know we were talking before we got on on, onto the actual show about you know it's just it's uh it's an interesting life is an interesting journey Mm -hmm. and that to be standing where you are today which is a pretty amazing place to be able to go back and remember all the things that you've had to go through to get to where you are i I hope that you're proud of that and i hope that you can feel happy about where you've come from
2: yeah absolutely it's uh it always takes you have to take time to look back and see where you came from where you are today where you're going Mm -hmm. get that perspective
1: Mm -hmm. so so today i let's talk a little bit about what your business looks like today and and maybe a bit how you spend your time and then i'd love to hear anything that you want to share with the listeners about how how you got it to that how you got it to that point
2: okay okay so right now we have uh We're located in Plano, Texas. We have about 3,500 square feet of flex space. Uh, We have a crew manager that manages uh, around 10 crews. uh, And crews can have anywhere from two guys to 10 guys. It just depends on what the crew is, and what job they're on. Uh, We have a great sales manager, Tim Enright. He has a handful of salespeople, five uh, underneath them. And then we have a, a great office staff. Uh, we have two client support reps. We have uh, Danny who takes care of all the books. Uh, we have uh, Mercy who takes care of all the social media. and Alan takes care of all of our web development. Okay. So we have a great team, and uh, you know where I spend my time the most is just connecting with the people in the office and Tim and Osi, the crew manager, and uh, spending time with them Just figuring out what they need. You know, what do you need today? Where are we going? How do we get there?
1: Mm -hmm. The reason I like to ask the question about how you spend your time, Ken, is that I'm always amazed that um, some people, if they don't really understand um, a boss's role, or maybe they haven't had good experiences in the past, have the idea that you're out on the golf course.
2: Yeah. It it doesn't sound like you're out on the golf course. No. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while. Every once in a while we'll, we'll get out there, but most of the time is uh, get up early in the morning, uh, get on track, get down to the office and uh, engage. So what we've been doing the past three months is is really focusing on our uh, production, how our productions run. So I've been spending a lot of time just in that segment of the people that deal with production on a daily basis. Uh, understanding what they do and how how they do what they do, and then making suggestions and refining our system, um, be it our uh, computer program that we run or a paper file, a, a trail that we're running.
1: Okay. And how many painters
2: do you have these days? We have about 10 crews right now, and uh, that's around 60, 65 painters. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, in other words, uh, a, a pretty large organization back from those days when you're running around from yes. a guy in a van.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: well, it's really wonderful to have you with us. It's it's time for our first break already, if you can possibly believe that. It goes so fast. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Ken Bangs, who's the founder and president of DFW Painting here in Dallas. We've been talking a bit about his early start, what got him into the business, all of those bumps and bruises and blade noses he got along the way. After the break, we're going to talk a little bit about how he, his love of employee engagement, motivation, performance, and really how he grew this business. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to elise, A-L-I-S-E, at elisecortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. If you're just joining us, my guest is Ken Bangs, who is the founder and president of DFW Painting here in Dallas, in the Plano, Texas area. We are together here in my Dallas office studio for the conversation. We are face-to-face. I get to have him and see and interact with him that way. It's really fun to do the live interview that way. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. Let's pick where we left off. We were talking a little bit about where your business is today, where it stands, and you've grown, a beaut, grown to a beautiful level of enterprise, and you've got all kinds of things going on. And I know that one thing that we talked about when we met for coffee was your love of employee engagement, motivation, performance, and I would like to understand how those interests of yours manifest themselves in the way you run your business. In other words, what are you doing to address these interests with your employees? How does it show up in your business?
2: You know, I think employee engagement is so important. Uh, because you want to have fun where you're working. And you want to like the people you're working with. And one of the things I always tell my employees is I encourage them to, to grow and to work on themselves. And I tell them that, listen, I know everything has a beginning and everything has an end. So I don't expect you to work here for the rest of your life. You know, whenever it's time for you to leave, I want you to leave at a higher level. You know, I want you to leave saying, you know what, Ken and DFW Painting have poured a lot into me. I've grown a lot and I'm ready for my next segment. Um, So just being able to have those kind of conversations and and to be real with employees is so refreshing uh, because we can kick back. We talk about all kinds of uh, subjects, um, but then we really engage them with the things that are important to them. and and help them refine their gifts and their talents and really grow. So um, a lot of that's done just through hanging out, talking, Um, but we also do assessment tests. So uh, we do the disc analysis assessment. Mm -hmm. So we'll go through that and uh, find out which profile they're in naturally, where they are in their uh, adaptive style, uh, why there's differences, and then how to you know, just being aware of those things, just knowing, hey, I'm as I'm a, I see, you know, brings clarity of why I do things the way I do them. And it helps other people understand why I do what I do. Uh, so the, the assessment test and the coaching, I think it's it's, it's important. It adds a lot of value. Um, yeah, from, it gives a
1: lot of self-insight into the people that you're working with. That's awesome. It's an awesome gift for them.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, from there, we also like to really engage in a lot of community activity. Uh, today, we had a, a Carter of blood out. And we did a blood drive. Uh, we work with Hope Store, we work with Dwell with Dignity, American Heart Association. We look for uh, nonprofits that are already out in the community doing good things because uh, we want to be effective partners. So, we try to connect with them. And see how we can get our people to work with them to help the community, okay. and I think that brings a lot of uh, lot of value to to the company and just a sense of being at work, mm-hmm. knowing that it's not just all about the owner taking the money and playing golf, right. Right? but giving back to the community and pouring it into people, and and that breeds an attitude of um, of success. It really
1: does. I have to chime in on something here. This sure. is really fun, Ken. One of the, as you were talking, one of the things that is coming across very loudly for me. And remember that one of the, th- the things that I do in my spare time is a meaning. I'm a meaning work researcher, right. so I like to know how people get into their work. How do they connect with their work? Which is a lot of the reason why I host this show because mm-hmm. it's all about work and it's meaning. And what I'm hearing from you is that you are very much expressing yourself, your values. Into yes. how you do your business, how do you treat your employees, how do you grow your employees, and so what, what's interesting as I listen to you is you bring me back to probably I don't know uh, 15 years ago or so when I was working on my PhD and I was trying to figure out what did I want to do for my dissertation, and I knew I wanted to be around work, right? And I was working with information technology professionals at the time, and. And I remember one of them told me that the reason he got into information technology was because it was going to have, that technology was going to have the second greatest impact on people, second only to fire. Think about that for just a second. He went into this industry really thinking about the impact it was going to have on humanity for generations to come. And I thought, wow. So his work helps inform a little bit about how he thinks about himself. I'm having this impact, right? So imagine that the direction is from the work to the person. Mm -hmm. He's also expressing himself, too, but there's a lot of that. And then on the other side, I met a gentleman who would talk in terms almost just like what you did. He would he said, look, Elise, it doesn't matter what kind of work I do. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. because I'm going to take the same attitude and set of values that I have that makes me who I am at my core. Yeah. And I'm going to use those to do my work. So for me, and he was saying in my case, he said, my feeling is that if people... People who work for me don't have the chance that they're, they're really not truly developing and becoming more of who they are as a human being that I haven't done my job. If they can't be a better human being and enjoy your life more deeply by working with me, then I've failed. It doesn't matter what kind of work that I do.
2: Yes. And so
1: he's expressing himself and his values into and through his work onto his people. Absolutely. That's how what I'm hearing from you.
2: Yeah. And, and that that is so true because, look, you know, when you get down to it, nobody... Grows up as, as a kid thinking, man, I want to own a paint company, <laughs> you know, uh, but I found myself here and this is what I have. This is what's in my hands. I'm going to do the best that I can do with what I have. And I want to impact the people that are around me. And when it's all said and done and I'm in my latter years and I look back, you know, the things that's going to mean the most is the relationships that I've made and how I've impacted people's lives so yeah. you know I think that's key and it's interesting because your show is working on purpose and our tagline is painting with purpose
1: oh wow cool yeah,
2: yeah. so and it's this too prone to that for us uh, one is the amount of effort we put into doing what we do is it's very purposeful uh, we spend a lot of time on the whiteboard laying things out and thinking things through how is this workflow going to go you know how is this going to affect the painters how is this going to affect the customer and we're very purposeful in putting that package together new systems and processes but we're also very purposeful in like I was saying dealing with the community and uh, giving back and all growing together as a unit so
1: It's coming through so beautifully, Ken, and that's another reason that I really wanted to have you on the show is because your passion for your your values and how you do your business is so palpable. And I I, I know that that's one of the things, one of my dear friends, Kimberly Davis, she has a, a company called On Stage Leadership, which is really so much about being an authentic leader. Right, being yeah. being approachable and letting people mm-hmm. just really see who you are because it's so attractive. Right, people love authenticity. It's very right. it's a very attractive quality. And it's and it's it, it's a great thing to have as a leader. And when I first met you, I thought, wow, this it's just so easy to know who this guy is. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. uh, so let's talk a little bit about how you grew, you grew your business a little bit. We were saying before the break, I wanted to finish that part of it because we've gone from you know the guy in the van. You know, with a computer and, and and maybe a crew to where we are today. Right. So help us a little. Understand a little bit more about how you did that. How, that's over a ten-year period. Yes. How'd you do it?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of kicks in the head and uh, a lot of disappointment. <laughs> Falling down the hill. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's tough, you know. And um, one, uh, I have a wonderful wife that so supports me and loves me and you know, I come home with crazy ideas and, uh, she
1: doesn't change the locks on the door. Yeah.
2: (laughs) She, she just listens and, you know, encourages me and says, all right, honey, you know, you can do it. But in, uh, in 07 is when we decided, Hey, we need to go to an ERP, a cloud-based system. Okay. Um, so that's when we really said, okay, if we're going to we're going to nail this thing before we scale it, if we're going to go to Austin, if we're going to go to these other cities, how do we do it to when, when we roll into that city, everything's locked up tight, we have good training, we have good expectations, and we know how to execute. Uh, so I said, we need to get one system that does our finances, that does our scheduling, that does our estimating, that does our inventory, that, that does everything. And we need to have it online so it's real-time. Uh, Data is very important to me, as you know from one of my strength finders, right? Yes, I do. So I love it. So we have an online system, and uh, it's an out-of-the-box system. When we bought it, uh, I, was, I was still broke. <laughs> so I couldn't pay for any implementation. So I just had to figure it out. You had to learn it. Yeah, I had to learn it. And uh, that is definitely part of the journey because... This isn't this isn't anything where I rolled in with money and said, "Hey, I can put a bunch of things in place, and it's just going to be peaches and cream." Uh, it was the opposite. I was still paying a lot of credit card debt. I was still, you know, my my grandmother had taken a second mortgage out on her house for taking a mortgage for or, you. Per, yes. For wow. Me. Yeah, oh, this crap. back back from the fence company, so it it. <laughs> it, it Stayed with me. So I am still, still paying on it. It's paid off by now. Okay, good. <laughs> and uh, so it was a fight. It really was. And getting up and getting going. Of course, when you're a small company and uh, you don't have much going for you, the people that you can get to work for you aren't necessarily the same people that just walked out of SMU with a business degree and, you know. Yeah. So... It was connecting with the people uh, that I could attract and uh, building them up and working on my gifts, working on my talents and just doing the difficult work. Uh, Making myself do the things that I didn't want to do and uh, holding my family to the financial level that we needed to stay at. Even though the company was doing well, we had to invest in the company. If we're gonna get out of this, if we're gonna grow, if we're gonna go anywhere, we got to put back into the company. So I'm hearing some
1: strong discipline here.
2: Yeah. Discipline, um, blood, sweat, tears. And I can tell you just war story after war story of, of things that happen. Tell us one, at least one. Uh, one. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, one, I'll tell you one about, uh, we had a customer who, uh, had us come out. Um, they, uh, just bought this house. They moved all the boxes and, and you know all their stuff, moved it in the house. And uh, this was at a time when I just happened to, to say, you know what, guys, I'm gonna take a vacation. So I'm out on a vacation, uh, just trying to relax, trying to disengage. Well, we were spraying a bunch of lacquer-based stain and the house caught on fire.
1: Oh, my gosh. Let that be a yep. lesson. Don't go on
2: vacation. I know, I know. So, uh, un- unfortunately, in uh, about 15 minutes, the whole house was, was gone. And uh, the customers had prepaid. They had said, hey, you know, we're so excited about y'all. Here's a check. And, of course, we immediately refunded. And um, our insurance company uh, was their homeowner's insurance company. So uh, they were taken care of immediately. We stepped in, did everything we, we could do to help. Uh, but it's just a story like that. It's, it's emotionally hijacking.
1: Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah. So uh, being out of town and trying to relax and, and charge the batteries and you get a telephone call and, you know, you're right back down to the bottom of the barrel. Oh, man. You know, I need to get back to work. I need to take care of these people. And how do I fix this? Uh, one of the things that I've learned is it doesn't matter how strong your system is. Uh, it's the people that matter. You can have great people in a weak system and the people will cover. Mm-hmm. You can have weak people in a great system and they won't be able to get the system to work. So I think that's another, another kudos for employee engagement, why it's so important. Mm-hmm. It's because when you really engage your people, you take care of them, they take care of you. They take care of each other because um, it creates value.
1: Of course, that's music to my ears because that is so much of the world that I dwell in. It is just those things, employee engagement, motivation, performance, all that stuff. It's just my, that's my sweet spot. And I love it. I think it's so, so important. And I think when companies do it really well, you see it. You see it in the bottom line. You see it in how people go the extra mile in their work. Um, you see it with customer satisfaction. It shows up everywhere.
2: Yes,
1: Say a little bit more here. We've got just a little bit more time before this next break here. I want to hear more about this, your, your use of website optimization, Google analytics, things like that. I mean, I know that for you, I think as far as I can tell, it's probably one of the the biggest things that really sets you apart.
2: Yeah, it really is. Our, I spent a lot of time from the get go, um, working on the search engine optimization and setting it up to where we would attract, uh, the clientele we wanted, uh, you will really won't see us do any kind of direct mail piece. We're not putting coupons out there. We're not saying, hey, $250 off You know, your exterior. We just don't do that. What we want to do is we want to put ourselves in a place to when people are looking for an expert. They're looking for a professional. They're looking for a company that gives back to the community. They're looking for a company that has uh, a strong team. Uh, we want to be found and the way we do that is through our social media and through our website Uh, so when people go to our website they're going to find a site that is going to give them the information they want it's going to answer the questions they have it's going to be easy to navigate it's going to be clean and concise Um, and our social media and we just had our our meeting today at the office for 2016, kind of a vision casting for 2016. And we were talking about, about the social media today and how important it is. Uh, Cause when we go give somebody a bid for fifteen twenty thousand uh, $20,000, most of the time when somebody's buying a package like that, they don't care about a couple hundred bucks. They want to know, okay, who am I entrusting to actually come into my house? Right. For the next week and a half, or two weeks, and be with us and take this project on. Uh, so, they'll go, they'll go look at our LinkedIn, they'll go look at our social media. Absolutely. And, and they'll see how our team is going to Mavs games, they'll see how our team is uh, in the work environment having fun, uh, they'll see the outreaches that we do to, to the community. And it just helps that customer know, hey, this is a solid company. This isn't a mom and pop, you know, painting company.
1: It is helpful, and I, it does. It does. I think it gives comfort that this is real. These guys are professional. They got their stuff together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they behave in a very professional way, and, and that would give me a lot of comfort too. And I have been to your website. It's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's time for a short break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Ken Bangs. who is the founder and president of DFW Painting here in Plano, Texas. We've been talking a bit about how he's grown his business and used uh, website analytics to do it. After the break, I want to get into his personal journey and just where all his motivation comes from to, that he does to be able to to bring his business to life. Stay with us. us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose.
1: Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to elise, A-L-I-S-E, at elisecortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for
1: staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. If you're just joining us, my guest is Ken Bangs, who is the founder and president of DFW Painting here in, in Plano, Texas, We are here together in my Dallas office studio, face-to-face for this conversation. It's great gobs of fun for me. Before the break, we were talking a bit about how it was that he has really developed and grown this business, and now I want to take and finish this with, and and get a little personal about it. And so one of the things that, of course, that's my world. I like to curl up with somebody and over a cup of coffee and in a coffee shop and learn about their lives and really who they are, and I loved our early conversation to that end, and so here at this point, Ken, one of the things that I found intriguing about that coffee conversation was that you said that you recognize that building this business has been a personal journey for you, that, you've, that you know that you've learned a lot about yourself along the way, that there's more of you to give of yourself. What do you mean by personal journey? And what's that look like for you?
2: Well, you know, when I, when I started, um, the main focus was, hey, I just got to put food on the table yep. and I got to pay the mortgage. Yeah. So you just do whatever you have to do. Uh, but from the process of being at that point to say, you know, I really want to take this somewhere. It requires, it requires you to look at yourself and that can be really scary. Mm-hmm. You what's know? in there. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's in there. Why am I acting the way I'm acting? Why am I making the choices that I'm making? Uh, what are the tough choices I have to make to get out of this place? Um, uh, and it requires you to do things that you don't want to do. Um, like, for, for example, uh, with the DISC analysis, I'm I'm a high C, okay? So for... And, and for the listeners yes. who don't know
1: what that is, C is, is conscientiousness.
2: Yes. So I'm very much motivated, or high C is very much motivated by things being done right. That doesn't mean that I have to be right. It just means that whatever is chosen... Has to be right. So I want to look at everything. And I'm very analytical as well. So I tend to move a little bit slower than I should on some things. Uh, an example would be our first sales guy, Isaac Hernandez. God bless him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was the first.
2: <laughs> he was the first. And uh, he told me, he said, Ken, I, you know, I need a, I need a business card. And at least I hadn't decided on my logo yet. <laughs> 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 oh so, no, I know what this means. Six months later, he ah. got yes, I know. But just something like that, where, you know, you take me back to that time, and look, I knew that uh, he needed a business card, but to me, it was more important that it was done right than just to get him a piece of paper in his hand. Okay. You know, through the business, you mature, you learn, and you're like, you know what, just get this guy a business card. You can change the details later, Mm -hmm. you know, as they roll out. Uh, But that would just be one example of it. But what else have you learned about yourself?
1: You know, uh, Good, bad, or indifferent?
2: You know, you learn, right now what I'm learning is uh, my strengths and weaknesses as a manager you know, what I like to manage and what I don't like to manage. Um, and that, that allows me to bring in people like Tim Enright No and C and, and others that can help in those those areas.
1: So one of the things that I think is interesting about what you just said there is what I'm hearing is, so you have enough self-awareness that you recognize, this is who I am, this is how I tend to operate. I need somebody either who's different or can complement this, this set of skills or strengths, offset my weaknesses, et cetera. Is that
2: what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. And, and through that time period, you know, one of the things that was really tough from the get go is obviously there's no resources. There's no money uh, to bring that team together. Mm -hmm. So you have to learn how to hold your tongue. You have to learn how to not be emotionally hijacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to learn how to just make your way through and deal with what you have to deal with and get the company where it needs to be. Uh, produce the profit you need to have and then instead of taking that profit stick it in your pocket going you know what I need to bring on another salary you know if we're going to grow this thing it's going to cost me something uh, so it does you know growing a business it it costs something out of you personally as well as your money it, and it, it's not an easy journey um, there's there's been many, many nights at least of laying on my closet floor in tears.
1: Wow.
2: And uh, journaling and writing and going, well, what am I doing? You know, why am I subjecting myself to uh, these kind of things? It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's tough. And at some point you have to find breaks in your business to where you get to a certain stage and you say, you know what, I'm just going to hold things steady for a little bit because because I've got to recoup. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have anything else emotionally to give. You know, um, we refer to it as, as limit testing, right? I, I, I've reached my limit. I don't have anything else to give. I'm looking at myself in the mirror saying, it, it, this is it. And, we'll run into a season where we say, you know what, we're going to keep things as they are. We're not, we're not looking to grow. We're just looking to put a little bit of money back in the bank and for everybody to take a breath. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as a company, we really did that this last year. And now that we're talking about this, I really haven't put this together before. But a lot of the things I went through as a uh, more of a one-man shop with just a couple people working for me, now that we have some managers, I, I realized this last year is really one of the resets we went through uh, just as a group of saying, you know what, we're going to press through some really hard things. We're going to change some things, change some processes. And it was tough. I'll tell you, it was, a, it was a tough year. Fourth quarter was fantastic, though. Uh, we had a 7.2% increase in our gross margin. We had happier customers. We had happier painters, we had happier employees, and uh, we talked about a lot of that today. And I gotta tell you, 2016, we're really on a launch pad. Uh, We're more excited about this year than I, I think I've ever been.
1: That is, I'm so happy to hear that. To me, listening to your story, I think you deserve that.
0: Thank you.
1: After 10 years of what you've been doing, I think you deserve that. So I'm going to. I'm ready. 2016 (laughs) is going to be our best year yet.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I also really want to applaud a couple things that you said, Ken, because when I'm listening to you and I hear this incredible self-awareness and I hear you willing to go through the hard work and journal and you know, face these tough situations and and really try to understand your role in them and how you need to behave differently or do things differently or respond differently. One of the things that I'm remembering is when I first started out as a recruiter, so I had 18 years in human capital and I began as a recruiter, and I would go out and I'd meet with the managers and they'd say, well, I need to hire somebody. And I'd say, okay, great. And and so they would, I'd sit down and I'd take the requisition order from them, Mm -hmm. in which case they would describe what they wanted. And I would tell you easily 9 times out of 10 that requisition order yeah wait for it looked exactly like them they wanted me to basically hire a carbon copy of them right because for them that was what was the best thing out there and mm-hmm. they and I will tell you that they had no awareness that that's what they were doing right right so I really, I heard you, under, I, I, I hear that you understand this is what I come with. I knew that I needed these other things to complement that. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the amazing thing about that. What I know from my business is it's hard to work with people who are different than you. It takes a big stretch, but the, that's the only way to make things productive and successful. But it's really hard.
2: It is. You know, that, that's one of the things that uh, I say to the employees all the time is, you know, to the salespeople, they're, they're far better salespeople than, than i ever was um tim as a sales manager hands down i mean the sales people are going to choose him over me <laughs> any day of the week and then danny with the books really the whole team they do their jobs so much better than i i can
1: so at, at this point you know I, I i have to ask we did talk a little bit about this over coffee but i really want to make sure the listeners hear it but where does all your motivation come from
2: Oh, <laughs> well, as I mentioned, when uh, we had coffee, I talked about uh, my five from Screen Fighters. Uh, my first one is Achiever. And I usually sung uh, that title up or, you know, what does that mean, Ken, by the phrase shut up and work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, just get down to it. You know, let's stop talking. Whatever it is, doesn't matter how hard, just write it. Put something down, then you can go back, you can rewrite it, then you can rewrite it. Mm-hmm. Just get your first revision out there. Make something happen. Um, so, And also, as, as being an achiever, every day, I don't feel like it's been a successful day unless I've actually done something.
1: Oh, my gosh. I can so relate to that. It's also my number one. Yeah. And we're talking including the weekends and vacation, too.
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you just want to accomplish something. You want to get it done. Um, I think also that that achiever because number five for me is significance, uh, which is it's it's very important to me what other people think. So that just further fuels my achiever uh, because when I look at my team and I think about the fact that you know they trust me and um, uh, here they are ensuring their their families uh, livelihood uh, on the company. And on the, the work that they they're able to produce, it it really grabs me, mm-hmm. and it makes me think. You know what? I need to, I owe it to them to give them everything that I am. You know, I want them to see. I want them to know that I'm working hard for them. That I'm not out on the golf yeah. course.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, from there we've got the responsibility and belief, uh, and analytical. Those yeah. were my, my other three. Yeah. And that's just uh, responsibility, you know, in, in my world, and the painting world, it's, it's what's your name.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, you, you say this is what you're going to do, uh, make it happen. Now, this was really hard for me from the get-go because I, I, when I started, I was such a people pleaser. I wanted people to be so happy. And the bottom line is construction's construction. It's not perfect. It's hard. Uh, Substrates, the things we're painting aren't perfect. And a lot of customers have this expectation or this idea that things are gonna be perfect. And to tell somebody, hey, um, your your 40 year old house isn't gonna look like a brand new house when we get done painting it. And then you paint it and they're saying, why does this not look new? And you're going, hey, time out, you know? I I set this expectation with you, surely you're not expecting this to look new, and it sounds easy when we're saying this right now, but when you get a customer on the ground that's emotionally charged and their expectation wasn't met one way or another, uh, it would really own me. Yeah. So that's also just been a process of, of learning to mature and grow through that.
1: Okay. What I love about the fact that you can just spit off your strengths and that you're that's what you responded to when I said, Where'd your motivation come from? Again, is a testament to your self awareness, your self knowledge. And I, again, something that I applaud in all leaders, and I love that about you, Ken. We are so close to the end of the show, and I want to make sure and give you a final word. So, in maybe 30 seconds or so, what would you like to leave our listeners with today?
2: You know, I would say, uh, Know yourself, uh, trust in your gifts and your talents and have the courage to do the difficult work.
1: Wow. Phenomenal way to finish. Um phenomenal way to finish. And a perfect way to really summarize what I think you've been talking about. And I think it's such a brilliant illustration. And I love the fact that you you know this stuff very well. It's clearly a part of who you are, it's part of your fabric, and it's it's beautifully given. So I want to thank you for for being with me on the show today, coming down here from Plano to join me here in East Dallas. Thank you so much for being here, sharing your gift, your passion. It's been wonderful to have you. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Awesome. And I can't wait to see what you do in 2016. Yes. So if you want to learn more about Ken Bangs and DFW Painting, I certainly encourage you to check out that website that he mentioned earlier. It's www.dfwpainting.com. You can also find them on Facebook at DFW Painting. Um, some good information to be had out there. I think you'll enjoy the site and being able to peruse what it is they, what, what they're up to. You certainly to get an idea of who they are by visiting their site, as we, we talked about before. For next week's show, we will be talking with Dr. Courtney Baker, who will share her own story about going from being a teenage mom at 18, working minimum wage jobs and living on Medicaid and food stamps, to becoming the CEO of a multimillion-dollar health care agency here in Texas, being a, a proud mom of three, of three um, kids, and just having a great life. Quite a journey that she'll be sharing. So see you next week. And remember that work is at least one third of our life, so let's work on purpose.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working On Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.
2: and management.